Oh, happy Monday morning. Canada calls it again. Fathom Pinball was announced today by Haggis Pinball over in Australia. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to share with you never before heard details about the Mandalorian pinball machine from Stern Pinball, which is coming up next. For those of you out there that think Canada is going to be wrong on this one, I promise you it's Mandalorian. It's coming. It's coming. This huge theme is coming out in pinball format. Will it be the greatest Star Wars pinball machine of all time? The bar is not too high with Star Wars pins. It's not. Now, I think this one's going to come down to one question and one question alone. Who's coding this game? We're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about spooky pinballs next because now the question mark becomes what is the next spooky? Because it's not Scooby-Doo. And what will it be? Now it's back in the realm of it's a movie and it's somewhat of a horror themed movie. So what do we think it's going to be from Spooky Pinball? How can they follow up Rick and Morty? Let's talk about Fathom first and foremost. So Canada was the first media outlet to break the rumor. The scoop happened on my Facebook page. If you follow Canada and there was a pin side thread that we said that Fathom was being revisited. Now, did we spoil anything? I saw someone complaining, he spoiled all of their hard work. Really? 12 hours scoop on a new pinball machine and the rest of the world doesn't give a crap. It's not spoiling any hard work. Did I reveal anything? Did you see anything? Did I spoil their details? No, I'm going to give you more spoilers with Mandalorian than I did with Fathom. But let's read some of the things happening with this game and give you my thoughts about Haggis Pinball remaking Fathom. All right, so we got some beautiful glossy images of this Fathom machine prototype. It's all chromed out with the armor. There's a beautiful chrome coin door. First and foremost, if you like Fathom, this is the most beautiful looking Fathom machine I've ever seen. And I've seen older Fathoms. And so if this is the game for you, then you are very happy when you hear that Haggis Pinball is bringing this game back. Now, I did see on Facebook that some people had recently bought a Fathom and they're like, damn it, I wish I knew this was coming out. And there is an argument to be said about that, that everybody wants to keep every title a secret. But ultimately, us as a community, keeping a title secret that we know might be coming out, who does that benefit? Think about it. Who does it benefit keeping a title a secret? It benefits only the manufacturers. It doesn't help out other people in the community. It doesn't help people out who might not want to spend their money on this game if they knew that other game was coming out. So why is it, as a community, we're always looking out for the companies and not the community? And that is why on Canada's Pinball Podcast, I have no shame in telling you what new titles I hear are coming out from these manufacturers. And if I knew it was Fathom two weeks ago, would I have said it? Yes. If I knew it was Fathom a month ago, would I have said it? Yes. The same way I told you Mandalorian three weeks before the game's even coming out. Because I think you deserve to know what's happening. You get to know what movies are coming. You know what cars are coming. You know what? Video games are coming. But yet with this purchase, with pinball in general, you don't know what's next around the corner because they only want you to buy what's available today. Look, that benefits Stern. It allows them to create FOMO because if you knew that Mandalorian was after Avengers, you might not buy Avengers. And if you knew that Mandalorian was coming, you might not buy Led Zeppelin. 
and vice versa. You might be a huge Led Zeppelin fan, and you might have passed on Avengers, and so and so and so it goes. But look, it's to Stern's benefit to keep it all quiet. And Canada's Pinball Podcast will always be a podcast for the people, not for the manufacturers. I don't care about these manufacturers' plans. I don't. I want to give you the news so you can make the most educated decision, so you have enough information on what to go on, so you put your pinball money where you want it to go. And I'm always going to be the pinball podcast for the people. Okay, back to this machine. It looks beautiful. It absolutely looks stunning. I'm looking at it with the two screens in the apron. I think that's a nice little modern touch with these modern lights. But the rest of it is the Fathom you know and love. So let's go into a little bit about Fathom, and then we're going to go into the Mandalorian details. So there were 3,500 Fathom units produced in 1981. That begs the question, with 3,500 Fathoms out there, is there still a demand for this title? Now, the question is, with a game that's 40 years old, 3,500 of them out there. Now, 40 years, a lot happens to pinball machines. Nobody was really collecting pinball machines in their homes in 1981. So most Fathoms out there are probably routed. They're probably not in great condition. So if you wanted to find a fully restored Fathom, you're looking at a pretty pricey machine. And we're going to talk about the price of this. But the first thing is demand. Is the demand there for more fathoms in the world? Now, when we get to the amount that Haggis is going to make, it's not a ton of them. So I do think their supply will pretty much correlate with the demand of this game. But for people out there, too, who have not even thought about fathom, the fact you might be able to get a brand new one, new in box, actually makes it a lot more appealing than rolling the dice on a game from 1981. That's the other part too, is I think while some people might not want older games, if they can get a brand new manufactured remake of an older game, that's more appealing to them. And they want the latest and the greatest with as much updated stuff in the game as possible. It's why people love CGC remakes. You could always go get the originals, but the remakes are just that good and then that much better. All right, now here's the elephant in the room, the price and the production of this machine. They're going to make two versions of this game, the classic edition, which is 7,360 USD dollars, and the mermaid edition, which is a staggering $8,900. Now, is that a good price or is that a bad price for this game? And to order your game, you need to put down a $1,500 Australian deposit that's non-refundable. Here we go again with the non-refundable approach to these games. And I think it is smart because these companies need to lock in real orders. When companies were doing refundable deposits, it basically made it impossible for a manufacturer to know how many parts do I need to order. And if I get non-refundable deposits, I don't know because people could just bail at the last minute and people were doing that. You also open the door for a ton of speculators and flippers to come through your door who have no intention of taking the game. They just simply want to be in on it because then they'll try to sell it to somebody else and pay the deposit when they have a new buyer lined up. So if you give a non-refundable deposit, I think that's trying to weed out those people 
and only get people through the door who are serious about owning the machine. Let's talk about the price and how many they can make. So it says manufacturing is scheduled to begin on July 1st with the plan to build 50 per month at the new facility. Now 50 per month is a lot for Haggis Pinball. Are they building 10 or more a week? Now remember 10 is how many games Spooky Pinball was saying they would make of Rick and Morty's when they took Rick and Morty orders. So is Haggis Pinball at the efficiency levels of a Spooky Pinball? I have a hard time believing they are there. There is no way Celts even sold like 50 games. So how do they know they're going to be able to make games at that rate starting July 1st? Now, there is a two-month ramp up to getting to there, but I hope they can hit this number because if people place orders, because here's what they're going for. They said they're going to make 250 Mermaid editions. So if you say 250 and 50 a month, that means if you order a Mermaid edition of this game, you expect to get your game within five months of July 1st. Will that happen? Now, I don't know. I don't know. I hope it happens. But if history has shown us anything, it's that these companies, when they put dates out, when they put numbers out of how many they're going to make, they rarely hit that number. And Haggis, to me, is just too new of a company to really take them at face value with a number like that. It's not an overly ambitious number, right? This isn't some crazy deep root proclamation that we're going to ship more games in one year than every manufacturer combined. And it is absolutely comical that Haggis Pinball has now lapped Deep Root Pinball. They're now on to game number two. They've successfully shipped game number one in a box. They're making Deep Root look funny, which is kind of so crazy to me that these nice gentlemen in Australia, Damien and his team, they're very humble, they're very nice, and they're just getting it done. Now, whether or not they're making a game for you, that's a question in your head. And look, Celts is not for me. I don't think Celts is almost for anybody. I don't understand why they started with Celts, but they learned how to make a pinball machine with Celts. The same way that Spooky Pinball learned how to make a pinball machine with America's Most Haunted. Both games are kind of terrible for each company, uh, respectively, but now they know and that's the thing is like Deep Root just never learned how to make a game. And now they have to learn with Raza, which cost them millions to get to. It cost them so much money to get to Raza. But this is the right way to do it because the other part about releasing Fathom and not some original game right now is they know there's a built-in audience for this. They didn't have to waste money on any R&D. This is a very smart move for Haggis. Now, let's talk about the price. Do I think they will sell all 250 at $8,900? You know, a year ago, I would have said, this is crazy. That's the price of a Stern LE. And this game doesn't have modern features in it. It's not a modern game. It's not the kind of pinball people are gravitating towards right now. Now, Fathom is a really fun game, but it's an old style of playing pinball. It's much different than what people expect with these modern games with modern displays and modern rule sets. And I get they're, they're going to have like a 2.0 rule set in this. But nine grand is a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people out there when you look at what's available for 9000 Now, a year ago, I would have said this is crazy. But a lot has happened in a year. And if you look at where pinball prices are going and if you look at the absurdity of what people are spending on pinball machines, I might be able to confirm for you today that a Tron LE sold for more than $20,000. So because we're living in crazy world pricing in the pinball landscape, 
to get a new inbox game like this in which there will only be 250 of them, and these will be the nicest 250 fathoms quite possibly on planet Earth out of the 3,100 that were previously made, to be one of 250, I think they're going to sell every one. And I think this is a smart move. And I think people who look at this game and look at this company and look at Haggis and who's behind it will not have a problem supporting these gentlemen. And that's the other part is Damien is a great guy. This company is made up of great people. So there's a lot of goodwill. So for all of these rich people out there who want to support new pinball companies and support boutique pinball, when you order this game from Damien, you're not worried you're not going to get your game. You know you're going to get your game. You're not worried about who you're supporting because that's a huge part of this. Spooky Pinball is successful not because the games are the best, because the company is one of people's favorite companies. People love to root for the success of Spooky. They've always been a part of the community, and they've always had such goodwill, and that goodwill goes such a long way when it comes to getting customers to feel good about buying from you. A Spooky Pinball Machine is now around eight dollars to $9,000, and they're selling out in four hours. So I fully expect the pinball community to say, you know what? I support these guys. I support what they're doing. This machine looks beautiful. I'm going to order one. And no one's going to feel bad about it. Nobody's going to feel bad about it. Nobody felt good about ordering Raza. Nobody feels good about Deep Root because they eroded all the goodwill from the community. And that's marketing 101. That's public relations 101. You want to be in a good standing with the target audience that you're trying to sell your products to. It's that simple, people. Pinball buyers want to feel good about the company they're buying from. They feel good when they buy from Stern. They feel good when they buy from Jersey Jack. They feel good when they buy from Spooky. And now we're going to add they're going to feel good when they buy from Haggis. Now, look, Haggis might have some delays. I think Damien and company will be very transparent when they start to make this game on where things are going and how things are looking with production. I don't think they're going to go radio silent. They didn't promise games six to eight weeks from July 1st. They just said, we're looking at this and we should start on this date. Let's go over the game matrix sheet and then I'm going to go over some new Mandalorian features for you guys. Okay, so the Enhanced Mermaid or Classic Edition. All right, so it has original sounds and callouts from the original machine, has the original art by Greg Freris, Haggis proprietary dimple-free playfield technology. That's music to everybody's ears. This game's going to look perfect forever. It has a toolless headbox locking mechanism and a new color fathom comic signed by Haggis team. Okay, well, whatever. I mean, we don't need comic books when we buy pinball machines, but whatever. All right, so here's what you get. You get a cabinet-mounted 3.5 display for service menu in the classic edition. You get full RGB LEDs in both editions. You get full RGB seven segment score displays in both editions. You get brushed stainless steel trim in the classic. I'm not sure what's on the mermaid. Let's keep going on this. Brushed stainless steel playfield components. That's also the classic. Single six speaker, original rule set in the classic. An enhanced rule set you will get with new callouts and music in the mermaid edition. Here are all the mermaid things now. Mirrored stainless steel trim, mirrored playfield components, custom five speaker 1000 watt sound system reflecto cab metallic reflective luminescent cabinet art 
dual apron integrated 6.8 inch LCD screens and ambient below cabinet lighting. All right, there's 15 drop targets in this game. Wow, wow. Three pinballs, three flippers, three pop bumpers, a spinner, two kickout holes. I'm not going to go over all this stuff in the game. There's a great interview on This Week in Pinball with Damien. I'm not going to read it. I think you should go there. There's going to be a great interview with Damien on the pinball profile with Jeff Teoldis. So you should definitely check that out. But I think this is a good move for these guys. I think it's a smart move. I think they are super smart. And this is not just the end of it. Did you read? They're going to do five classic Bally games along with original titles by Haggis Pinball. So this was smart. This was a really smart move. I think them making these remakes gives them a built-in audience. Them making original titles was most likely going to end with nothing but sales flops. I got to be honest. It's going to be really hard to make original IP games from Haggis. They need licensed themes. Nobody wants games like Celts. I don't feel like a jerk saying that. Their sales numbers indicate that. I think this is what they should do. And if they're going to make money off of this, use that profit to invest in a licensed theme people want and then go design an original game based on a licensed theme people want. They can do it. They definitely can do it. Now, the elephant in the room is this. What is shipping like from Australia? We usually hear about it the other way around. Games have to ship to Australia, and Australians have to pay so much more money for the games, and that is not great for Australians. But we've never had to buy a game from Australia and ship it to the U.S. Now, there are enough pinball fanatics. Here's what I think is going to happen. There's enough pinball fanatics in Australia, and the prices that Australians have to pay for games is ridiculous. It's redonkulous. I think the majority of these games are going to sell in Australia alone. And when you look at pinball enthusiasts per capita, there are more pinball people who love pinball per capita, I think, in Australia than even in the United States. So that begs the question, this could be really hard to get one in the U.S., so if you're in the U.S. and you want this game, I would move pretty quickly because I do think these are mostly going to be spoken for on a local level. And I think you're going to see the Australian pinball community step up and show support for their local company. But this is the kind of game that they won't be embarrassed to step up and buy. I mean, let's be honest, people. If, they, if you bought Celts, you're embarrassed to show that game off on some level. I mean it. I mean it. Come on. This you won't be embarrassed to put into your collection, okay? I'm sorry, Damien. I, I mean, I got to call a spade a spade when it comes to Celts, man. You should have called Canada and said, hey, we're thinking of making Celts. This is it. And I'd be like, nope, 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 and nope. I would have just said no to it all. Nope, start over. Give me another idea. Throw that thing in the garbage. Something else. I can't wait to see what game number two is that they're doing, but maybe they should reach out to Canada and ask them, should we make this theme? Because I will tell you for free whether it will work or not. But this is a good move, so congratulations to everyone over there. All right, you ready for some Mandalorian details, people? Canada's Pinball Podcast, don't stop. We don't take breaks. We don't put up tombstones. We don't tell you we're only going to come back when there's a new game revealed. Okay, so where are they now? Where are they? Where's the new uh, Where's the new show? Because I thought they're only coming back when there's a new game revealed. Uh-oh, Canada did it again. He's delivering the news to you guys when the news happens. All right, five twippies coming. All right, you ready for this? Mandalorian details you do not know for sure. So the number one thing I'm going to say today is this. The art package for The Mandalorian will be done by Mr. Randy Martinez. You know his work. 
on the comic book edition of the Star Wars pins. He made those pins look much nicer. So that answers the question of who's doing the artwork. It's not Zombietti. Now, here's the thing about The Mandalorian. I hope it doesn't look as bright and colorful as that art package that's on the Star Wars comic book edition. I just feel like that's a little bit more lunchboxy looking. I do. I think Mandalorian is a little bit darker. It's a little bit warmer. It's a little bit, uh, you know, it's hard to explain. But when I look at Mandalorian artwork and the artwork from the show, it's not that super bright sort of comic booky style. So I know Disney loves Randy and I know he did a really cool art package for the Star Wars machines. But is he the right artist for The Mandalorian? I don't know. I need to see it, right? Art is so subjective, but he knows how to draw Star Wars. Don't get me wrong. And his style isn't always the same as the one we saw on those other Star Wars games. So I have very good faith that Disney and Randy will do The Mandalorian art package justice. So that's who is doing the artwork on the game. Now, what's going on in this game? What are some gameplay features? So I told you there's an upper play field, but I'm hearing the upper play field in the Mandalorian. It has flippers on the upper play field and it rotates and it's got six drop targets I'm hearing and lights. And and so I don't know. Think about that. What, what could a rotating upper play field be that has flippers that you have to shoot six drop targets? I don't know. Starts to sound really cool, like something spinning up there. Is that going to be the case or is Kaneda going to be wrong? But here's the thing. If Kaneda is wrong, uh, I'll admit it. But that's what I'm hearing is the upper playfield on Mandalorian. I'm also hearing that there is a ship in the game. There is the Mandalorian ship and then there's Slave One that Boba Fett uses. Now, I think that this game is going to be based on Season 1 and probably not Season 2, which does kind of suck. Because Boba Fett doesn't make an appearance until Season 2. And Luke Skywalker doesn't make an appearance until Season 2. But if we look at Season 1, and just overall, like the Jedi don't really make any appearances in Season 1. It's Season 2 that really has more of, I think, the wow moments in the show. But that being said, there is going to be a ship in the game that has a target that hangs down from it. And when you shoot the target, a ramp drops down. That's what I'm hearing. How cool does that sound? And so what if you uh, shoot the target enough times the ramp comes down and then you shoot the ramp to lock the ball inside the ship? Because so much of the show is about getting back to the Mandalorian ship and getting off the planet right when trouble ensues. So that would be super super cool if that's in the game as well. So there you go. Three new details from Canada's Pinball Podcast about The Mandalorian. All right, let's finish this show and talk about Spooky Pinball real quickly because we know it's not Scooby-Doo. Now we're back to guessing. And it's supposedly a movie. I heard from someone over there it's a mainstream movie title that people are going to like. So what is it? Is it Friday the 13th? Is it Evil Dead? Is it Big Trouble in Little China? I wish it was, but that's not a horror movie. Is it Gremlins? Ah, that's not really a horror movie. Is it Beetlejuice? We keep hearing that maybe it could be Beetlejuice. I still think Beetlejuice is the game that Ben Heck is making with Christopher Franchi. I'm not sure about that. Nobody's sure about this stuff, but I feel like Beetlejuice is coming. Is it going to be Saw? What else could it be? There's so many horror movies out there. What do you think it is? I want you to email me at canadapinball at gmail.com and let's discuss what we think Spooky's follow-up will be 
to Rick and Morty. Now, we hear they're making 1,000 of these games. You know, it's going to be a hard follow-up. It really is. Rick and Morty was so universally loved when people heard about it, but I expect this game to do really well for Spooky. I just do. As I was saying, with the goodwill Spooky's built up with consumers, Spooky's at the point where unless they release a total dog, they're going to sell every one. Charlie knows he's in a really good situation, and it's great because I think there's a lot of momentum and enthusiasm around Spooky Pinball, and now I hope they pick titles that really sing to the community because I think at the beginning, Chuck and Bug were making games for themselves. I really do. I think Charlie and Bug were making games that they wanted to make, that they wanted to own. They weren't really thinking about, well, what would other people love to own? And they were just sort of banking that people would like the campiness that was their personality. And I think they've seen now, well, if we go a little bit more mainstream, we go a little bit more pop culture, we're going to have much greater success, right? You don't have to spend a year trying to sell a game. If you hit the right theme at the right time, the game will just sell out immediately. And with the competition now for people's dollars and people's space, I think you need a title that has more of that gravitational pull. And I think they know what they're doing now. I really do. I don't expect them to release another dog ever. I think they understand what people want. I think they understand how fast they can make games. And I think they understand that Goodwill will continue to propel this company forward. And they will continue to grow. A thousand titles. I think we will one day see Spooky Pinball making 2,000 titles. I think they're going to keep expanding. We see they're already expanding their location there in Wisconsin. And that's what success does. That's how you build a pinball company, Deep Root Pinball. You don't just build studios that design stuff. You build a manufacturing facility. You slowly increase the size of it as your orders increase. You don't write verbal checks that your company's manufacturing can't cash. Okay, mid-May is coming, Deep Root. Mandalorian is on your heels. I can't wait till we hear the next update about Raza, as we're about to see Brian Eddy's Mandalorian. Now, the final question. There's only one thing that can tank our love for Mandalorian. There's only one thing that everyone's nervous about, and everyone knows what that is. Who's going to code this game? And people are praying. I mean it. People are on their hands and knees praying to the pinball gods that it's not Dwight doing this game. Dwight, you had your chance with the Star Wars. It was a swing and a miss. This if coded by someone other than Dwight, could end up being the greatest Star Wars pinball machine of all time. And sorry, Dwight, you had your chance. You had your chance. You got to work, Dwight, with the best source material in the Star Wars catalog, the best source material in the history of Star Wars. You got a chance to make the game the way you wanted it. And it just is not what you do with Star Wars. You don't make it all about multipliers and all this stuff. You, you, you lost the narrative. And so I hope Stern gives this to somebody new and gives Brian Eddy a game that on day one people love. Not this Stranger Things a year later, we're now appreciating it. No, I hope Brian Eddy has a day one juggernaut. We're going to see in just a couple weeks. It's coming soon. May 11th is what I'm hearing. May 11th. Star Wars, The Mandalorian, Brian Eddy, Randy Martinez, who knows who on code, Upper Playfield, a ship with a target and a ramp that pops down, lots of cool stuff, great time to be in pinball, congrats to everyone at Haggis, you guys are doing it, you're doing it, 
I might not buy every game you make, but I'm glad you guys are doing it right and you're listening to what you need to do to make a successful boutique company get off the ground. Great time to be in pinball. Everybody, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. You